Mets Musings is an unofficial, independent podcast covering New York's National League Baseball team. It is not affiliated in any way with Major League Baseball or the New York Mets. Hi, this is Ron Darling. Uh, This is Skip Lockwood. Hi, I'm Ron Swoboda of the 69 New York Mets, and you're listening to Mets Musings with Gary Mack. Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. And hello and welcome to another edition of Mets Musings. Happy St. Patrick's Day to everybody out there. I hope you're having a wonderful St. Patrick's Day. Everybody's Irish on St. Patrick's Day. And I'm wearing the green, as you can see, if you're watching our video on YouTube. So happy St. Patrick's Day to you all today. Uh, Spring training is moving right along and, and... We've kind of, I think it was last year around this time, if not uh, the other day, that they canceled uh, spring training last year. So uh, it may be a milestone this year to see that uh, it's still going on spring training. And uh, it looks like they're going to make it, uh, they're going to really try to make it until the season the complete season. They want to play a full season, so uh, looking forward to that. Uh, I don't know if anybody's been watching any of the games this year. There's been uh, uh, sporadic scheduling. Kind of weird. I wish they were on today. I'd like to see what they're wearing for St. Patty's Day. Uh, But um, they're not on. I guess they're on the rotate. I don't have the schedule right in front of me. I don't know what I did with that. Uh, but anyway, uh, so anyway, our, our boys are playing today. And uh, so far, what can you say? Um, they've been about 500, hovering around 500. You know, you can't count. I don't count spring training games as far as uh, scheduling or, or uh where they're at, uh, the defenses look still looks a little shabby, especially at third base um, and left field. That's going to be their two weak spots, I think. If they go for offense over defense, that'll be the two weak spots, and we'll have to see how that uh, all played out. You see, the other day, Luis Guillorme with a twenty-two pitch plate appearance against Jordan Hicks of St. Louis and uh, it really it was uh, something to watch he had the Mets bench going crazy and uh, it would have been a record if it had happened in a regular season game and not during uh, spring training but Hicks pitching for the first time I think in a year and a half or two years making his first appearance and only faced uh, Guillorme. And Guillorme battled him for 22-pitch plate appearance. And in my mind, I think they have to seriously consider Guillorme being their third baseman. You heard it here. J.D. Davis is struggling 
at third. They need defense. Gilorme, if he hits like he hit last year, uh, even if he doesn't, if if he's you know three quarters of the hitter that he was last year, that should be enough offense. There's enough offense in that lineup that they can swallow a little bit of a of a defensive player. They need defense, and they're very weak on the left side of the field. Now, of course, Lindor is their shortstop who is extremely strong. But what I'm talking about is third base and left field. They are really challenged defensively there with Dom Smith in left field and uh, J.D. Davis at third base. So they may want to consider Gilorme at third. Uh, now, there are those that are going to say, well, you see, if you had the the DH, Davis could be your DH, and Gilorme could play third, and you'd have it all set up. Uh, with Jonathan Villar, either. He's been playing pretty well. Either one of those guys. Um, and uh, they could do a good job there. And people will say, well, if you had the DH, D- Davis could be your DH, and then you could do that. But you still have Dom Smith out in left field, and he's still inadequate there, uh, at the least, to be kind to him. And look, it's not entirely his fault. It's it's a, it's a position he never played. He's not familiar with it. So, uh, you know, you, you can't blame him completely. But he, he, it's still a weak point. Um, you know, catching has been uh, shored up. And look, Alonzo's never going to be a great first baseman, but he's he's serviceable. He's doable. Uh, there, um, McNeil struggled at second. So could that be another spot you worry about a little bit? Uh, you know, he's, he's been struggling both at the bat and with the glove. So that, uh, he'll get a longer rope of course. And, and, uh, we'll see how that works out. But, uh, you know, uh, center field. You got Elmore, you got Nimmo. Nimmo's played a better center field this spring so far. Right field's Conforto. No, uh, you know, he's a pretty decent outfielder there. Uh, funny thing about Conforto is he came up with this all-hit, no-field reputation. And when he was in Brooklyn, he feel, he 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 confounded everybody and proved that to be wrong with some of his defensive play. So uh, even his ex-manager, uh, well, his manager at the time, Tom Gamboa, said he was totally shocked because the reports said he was not a good outfielder. And, and lo and behold, here he played a good, uh, he was playing left field in Brooklyn and uh, adapted to right field at the major league level. He plays a solid outfield. So, you know, uh, he's okay, Conforto. It's really Dom Smith and Davis. That's the two 
I would say the major concerns right now uh, as far as um, uh, defense goes, everybody else seems to be set, and to be Lindor is uh, uh, one of the best at short. And so uh, that's where the problem is right now. Uh, but, you know, we'll have to see how it plays out. I think there's about two weeks left of spring training. Now it starts to really get serious. Now they get down to brass tacks. Now it's all for, uh, you know, it's all on the table now. Now you got to let it all out because this is where you prove or not prove yourself in these last two weeks. The hitters, uh, pitches will start to hit soon. Uh, and and uh, we'll get that going. Uh, let's see. In other news, the Jose Martinez will be out for at least four months with a torn meniscus. He suffered the injury uh, last a uh, couple of weeks ago while playing first base on Sunday. He signed a split contract with the Mets in January that would have been worth one million if he made the opening day roster, but that doesn't look. Uh, like it was going to happen. He may have made it, too. Uh, that's a shame. But a bad break for Jose Martinez. And the New York Mets have made some roster moves on Tuesday as the team announced that they have optioned both Sam McWilliams and Khalil Lee to the AAA roster. For Lee, this move is not a surprising one. They got him in that tra three-way trade. But for McWilliams... McWilliams, there was some real buzz throughout camp that suggested he had a chance to make the opening day roster coming out of the bullpen. Uh, the Mets signed McWilliams to a $750,000 major league contract at the end of November, despite the fact that he is yet to make his MLB debut. New York gave him this deal because Williams had plenty of other suitors in free agency, but he still had three minor league options left, even with the major league contract. So, um, Sam McWilliams and Khalil Lee, not surprised. You might, you'll still see them in some spring games. They bring these guys back and forth. Uh, but uh, he's essentially on Syracuse roster to start the season. All right, let's take a quick break. Uh, looks like it's going to be a short show this week, but I wanted to get one in and get one in, special one in for St. Patrick's Day. So let's take a break and be back right after this. Baseball and BBQ, your place for interesting baseball talk, opinions, and history. Baseball and BBQ, your place for barbecue recipes, tips, and interviews from the world of barbecue. If you like baseball and if you like barbecue, then tune in to Baseball and BBQ. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and BaseballTalkRadio.com. Wouldn't it be great if you could get a Ph.D. in life through baseball? Welcome to Baseball Ph.D., a tour company for your brain. 30 major league teams, 100 places to see. Let's touch them all as we make the road trip of a lifetime. Check out my Facebook group. It's at facebook.com slash Mets Musings. Go check it out. And don't forget to call the hotline. It's 516-619-6341.
Okay, and we are back on the St. Patrick's Day 2021, and we still have spring training. So uh, I remember last year that uh, my friend and co-host from uh, the other show that I do, the Baseball Talk Radio Show, you see the sign right there, uh, Rich Baxter, he was on his way to Florida when he got the news that uh, spring training was shut down. He proceeded down there, and uh, I forget the episode number, but if you go to YouTube, you can see some of that episode of uh, Rich down there. He went down to a couple of camps. Uh, one camp uh, he was at was the uh, was the Yankee camp. Uh, St. Patrick's Day and happy St. Patrick's Day again to everybody out there. Uh, it was about a year ago uh, on the other show that I do, Baseball Talk Radio Show, my co-host was on his way to Florida for spring training to see the, his Phillies play, and uh, he got the word that um, when he got I, I think he was in South Carolina. He might have been even. He might have been in Florida at the time. That spring training was shut down, and that uh, we didn't know when it was going to start. So uh, he did some reports. We did a live broadcast of him at the Yankees camp and uh, other spots in Florida. So uh, go check out that show, the Baseball Talk Radio Show. Go back about a year, and, and uh, you can watch it on YouTube. You can see Rich down in Florida last year when there was nothing going on. If he went down this year, I bet you it's a totally different scene uh, with with uh, the buzz and activity of spring training, even though it's a limited crowd still. Uh, you know, it's pretty cool that at least we got something going on this year. Uh, so uh, go check that out if you want. But that was a mere year ago. How fast that went in a way, you know. It was, uh, uh, it's been a terrible year with the COVID, but um, at least we, it looks like we're going to make it to the finish line this year and have some baseball on time, so. Keep your fingers crossed. A couple more weeks to go, and then the season will start. All right, Mets right-handed pitcher Carlos Carrasco is back to throwing on Sunday. He tossed the ball from 75 feet for the first time since he shut himself down with some 
elbow soreness earlier in the week. Carrasco arrived late this spring with a non-injury-related reason, and the elbow ailment forced more days away from gearing up for opening day. But even though he's behind the rest of the pitches, the veteran couldn't be any more confident that he would be good to go for his first turn in the rotation. Let's just have to see. Look, I say, again, you know me, I say don't rush him. Why? There's no need to rush them early in the season. And with a lot of days off and things like that, uh, you know, you may not need them. You might, you can get by with the rotation the first time around. So uh, at least if he's not going to start till, uh, it's it's probably going to be DeGrom. And uh, DeGrom, we know, is the starting pitcher he was named. I don't think they've announced after that. But uh, I think it's going to be uh, Stroman and then uh, and then maybe Carrasco. So if he's not pitching till the third day of the season, he can stay down in Florida and get some extra work in the warm weather. No sense bringing him up here right away. So uh, that's what I would suggest that they do. They would, you know, keep him down there another probably a, close to a week or so. He can get stay down there in the minor league camp and get some extra work in. But we'll see how that all plays out, uh, you know, when it occurs uh, as it's, you know, going to come up. It's time for a back And today's Mac Attack, a new feature where I rant rave about something going on in the world of baseball or the New York Mets. It's not going to be Mets related today, but it's the MLB at Manfred playing with the rules again. Again. He's got to be uh, crazy or something. This continuous playing with the rules, and I don't understand what he's what the objective is with these set of rules. Uh, this time, instead of using the Atlantic League as the guineas goats, uh, guinea pigs, I should say. Um, see, I'm all worked up. I can't even tell. Uh, he's going to use the minor league. So at AAA, we are going to have slightly larger bases with a less slippery surface. Okay, that sounds okay. But they're going to increase the bases by three inches. What does that do for the amount of feet before between the bases? And in which direction are they going to go? Is it going to be three inches all around? Is it going to just be lengthened three inches from the front of the bag to the back of the bag? Is it just going to be three inches on the back of the bag added towards going, say, first uh, uh, first base, say, going towards right field or going towards left field? You're going to add three inches that way, and then on second base would be the same thing, going towards center field. That wouldn't affect the, the length of the base paths then. 
And of course, then it would be a rectangle. They don't tell you what they're going to do. Or are they going to add, like, what would it be, an inch and a quarter? I mean, uh, uh, three quarters of an inch on each edge of the bag? Are they going to enlarge it to keep it square? So will it be shorter to run to the bases because of this? Nobody had said What's the purpose? If the purpose is safety sliding off the bag, then uh, I can go. I can see the less slippery surface. That makes sense. But the larger bag, are they worried about spiking? Then, then what you can do is, you know, they could put an extra bag in in foul grounds for the runner at first base or the third baseman would have to stand by the other one in third base and then the runner would have the regular bag in fair ground i don't i don't understand here's part of the problem he comes up with these things but he never explains why and that's what we want. Uh, requirement, the other one in double-A, now they're going to be testing out if four infielders have to have their cleats within the outer boundary of the infield dirt when the pitch is delivered. I, I, you know, that's okay. That That's to push the uh, lack of uh, shifts. And they have to be at different position. They have to be at their positions, so that that they're trying to do away with the shifts there, I guess, uh, or at least they're trying to do away with the guy standing halfway out in right field and getting a ground ball, a second baseman. Um, that's not awful either. None of these are awful, but together they play with the. The structure of the game that we've known for all these years. And so that's what you're worried about. You're worried about the integrity of the game. And it's losing the integrity if you keep making rules to uh, for a certain purpose that nobody really understands. What is the purpose with that? Okay, more offense. But if you have more offense, it's going to take away from the time of the game. And then he says he wants to have a faster game. You can, I don't think you can have a faster game and more offense. It takes time. Either way. Either way, it takes time. So I, I don't. I don't get it. The high A, and this is something we can we'll be able to watch here locally in Brooklyn. A requirement that pitchers must step off the rubber to attempt a pick off. Well, you, you might as well kiss the pick off goodbye. I I mean part of it is the spin and twist and, and you know, they're supposed to step off now and but if you have to you know, try it yourself. Step off and then twist. You can't do it fast enough. This is going to encourage the running game more, which is fine. It's fine. But, it, again, it it, it it mixes. It, 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 
I don't know. It just it, it attacks the credibility and the integrity of the game. In low A, a limit of two pickoff attempts per plate appearance. Well, that's simply ridiculous. If a pitcher throws over, you know, once and then twice and a guy, then he knows he can run at any time. I mean, that's, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. I know we all hate the pickoff throws over there, the constant pickoff throws. It is annoying. It is time-consuming. But it's part of the game. And if you take that away from a pitcher's arsenal, you know what? You're asking the pitchers to cheat then. You're asking them to come up with spitballs and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, scuffing the ball. And, again, it's probably to get more offense. But you're not going to speed up the game. I mean, if you want to speed up the game and affect the pitchers, I, I you know, you could lower the mound. If you want to speed up the game and make the pitch uh, the hitters hit more instead of taking all the time that they take then raise the mound that's what they did in 68 the the pitches were dominating so they raised they lowered the mound i think it was 68 or 69 but those games were 2 hours and 20 minutes 2 hours and 30 minutes so Again, if you want to pick up the pace of the game, you cannot increase the offense of the game. Ever since they did that, the games have been slowing down. And all of these things that they want to attempt to try uh, have not worked. I mean, they've tried these 30, whatever it is, uh, 30 seconds between pitches or whatever. Has it really worked? What did it save? I think a half a minute a game? That's nothing. And and by the way, the concession guys, you know, they want to, uh, they don't mind the, uh, if you're there, because it means more concession sales. So you're hurting concessions. People pay the money, the prices of tickets. People want to, I think, enjoy the ballpark a little bit. If they're rushing you in and out, I mean, you know, that uh, that doesn't do any. You know, what fun is that? Uh, I, I don't want to be rushed. Let's see. In the low A West only, it's a 15-second pitch clock. Uh, again, they're trying to punish the pitchers for what reason. I don't know. If you know, if you watch the game a lot, the pitchers are ready for the most part. There are a couple of slow pokes. But a lot of time, the pitchers are ready, and they're waiting for the batter to get in the batter box. So I don't know what that's going to do. Um it's going to rush everybody. And finally, in the low A Southeast only league, an automatic ball strike system. 
which is a robo ump apparently and now i've heard two stories about this some say there'll be no umpires another one said they'll be using like a robo ump that will confirm with the umpire uh you know um whether it's a ball or a strike i don't know what what's the point are they trying to get to a game without umpires I mean, please let us know then. That's something we all like. What What is the purpose behind it? And don't tell me they're just trying to get things right. The human factor's always been a part of the game. If you take that out, you don't have the game of baseball anymore. I'm sorry, but you don't. It's the plays that make the history. And it's the bad calls by umpires that make the history of the game, good or bad. We all remember how the World Series, uh, I'm going to get killed for this, 85, I think it was, the Royals and the Cardinals, the call that was made at first base, terrible call. But it was human error that was made. They didn't have replay in that days. So the call went down, safe call, first base. The guy was clearly out. And it cost the Cardinals the World Series. But these things happen. And there's been other calls that were just as bad or just as good yogi barrow would say uh jackie robinson stealing home home plate and uh i think it was 55 i i don't recall exactly the 55 world series game one i believe it was jackie robinson stole home plate he said he was safe the umpire said he was safe yogi barrow swears he never touched home plate it's the human factor of it that's what we like about the game. If you take that away, you might as well be playing on a computer. You might as well be watching MLB 2021 or whatever they call those, the game on uh, the, the, uh, the computer games, the video games. That's that's my Mac attack for this week. I don't see the purpose. I don't see the sense. And as always, it's just an attack on the integrity and the character of the game. And I don't understand what this guy Manfred is doing. He's destructive and he's hurting the game. And what is the purpose? Is the purpose to speed up the game? or get more offense in the game. I don't think both match. I don't think you can do both. I could be wrong, but I don't see how you can increase the offensive time and offensive numbers and yet speed up the game enough to uh, where it was years ago. Go back to a dead ball then if you want to speed up the game. All right. <clears throat> 
Let's take another break, and I'll be back right after this. 516-619-6341. That is the comment voicemail hotline if you'd like to be a part of the show and drop us a line leave us a comment or a voicemail question anything at all call that number 516-619-6341 or go to metsmusings.com and click on that widget in the middle of the screen and that's a speak pipe and you can leave a voicemail right through your computer through your computer's microphone or if you prefer to do things the old-fashioned way send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com the facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash metsmusings and uh, if you'd uh, like to help out the show check out our patreon page check out the campaign at patreon.com slash metsmusings that all day nice okay uh finally this week the Mets announced that they renewed the contracts with pete alonzo and jeff jeff mcneil while agreeing to terms with 15 other players ahead of the 2021 season uh alonzo and mcneil still have more arbitration years left as both of them won't be free agents till 2025 since they become integral part of the Mets, though, it would be hard to see them reach that without getting extended. Here are the other 15 players that agreed to terms. Luis Guillorme, Khalil Lee, Patrick Mazika, Thomas Nido, Yenzi Diaz, Franklin Colomb, Joey Lucchese, Corey Oswalt, who looked very good the other day, by the way, David Peterson, uh, Sean Reed Foley, Drew Smith, Thomas Zapuki, Stephen Tarpley, Jordan Yamamoto, and Daniel Zamora. All in the fold, all on the contract for 2021. Okay, well, that's going to wrap it up for this week's show on St. Patrick's Day the edition. I hope you enjoyed it, and I want to thank you all for listening and watching. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, CastBox, YouTube, wherever you watch or listen to the podcast. Hit the subscribe button. That helps me grow the show and grow the community and expand to new listeners. So until next time, remember... Keep the faith, stay optimistic, and let's go Mets. And I'll see you next time on another edition of Mets Musings. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody.